We've seen horses, right? This is great. I can't wait to edit this down. Edit it down? Yeah. Name an animal and see if it's in Star Trek. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Starday 8203.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining <laughs> us as we take a brief shortly from the world of cinema since to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she has... <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I'll take over. She has an immunity to his cough because I'm on the other side of the screen. It's Ambassador Nay. How are you doing today, Ambassador? We'll never know what my introduction was going <gasps> to no! be. How are you? I'm curious. What was my introduction? <laughs> she has a signed baseball from the crew of Deep Space Nine, but she won't let me touch it. It's Ambassador Danae. That would make me so sad if that was true. Do they exist? Signed baseballs? Yeah, I'm sure they do. Because um, Captain Cisco, his thing was he loved baseball. And he always had a baseball, like, use it as his, like, meditation ball. Um, and I just imagine, I imagine that's a thing. There's got to be one of those out there. A signed ball. A signed ball. Um, yes, as you can tell by that intro, which I'm not, I'm going to keep in, I have a little bit of a cough, so I'm not going to talk at all this week. It's all on Ambassador today. You know, I applaud you for keeping in, choosing to keep in the sound of someone coughing in your ear in a podcast <laughs> when the person listening yeah. absolutely knows that was a choice that you made. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. a good point. You well, know, I, I, I just, I'm now too deep. One, I'm too deep. Just, I, just once... Yeah, but maybe not the whole thing. The not live the whole audience episode. later mm -hmm. on, they're fucked. They're just gonna get coughed on. Yeah, that's what they get for being the live audience. That's that's just price of entry. You have to listen to whatever bodily functions are happening at any time. Okay, should we do some emails? Let's do we Okay, everyone. Hailing frequencies open. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and well, email. Now we usually do kind of like light-hearted, tricky questions. We have a serious question this week from Eights. If you use the replicator to make a wooden stake, would it kill a vampire? It's a thinker, isn't it? I mean, yeah. If the atoms are the same, like if the if the if the chemical makeup of it is still the same as it is, it's just being pulled out of some advanced technology that can replicate the biological components is mm. that what it is or is a replicator just a synthetic thing that's made to taste or look like something sure we don't know we don't know i mean it's the molecule so we the molecules of the thing you're replicating are programmed into the replicator it uses a mix of holographic technology biological matter and a transporter to create the thing i'm i think yes because it, it's the same molecules it's a copy of a copy i but guess if it's, if it's just being created out of nothing from yeah from biological material mm -hmm. i would assume that that it could duplicate let's let's do this okay instead of it being a 100 percent chance of success Mm. it's just reduced you have like a 25 percent oh, chance you're rolling with disadvantage to yeah. bring in some D, D. yeah you're rolling with disadvantage mm -hmm. and depending on the the strength of the vampire might also mm -hmm. give you further disadvantages yeah how strong they are whether it's daylight or whatnot so my what i love about this question is that it was asked in the discord and I love how these questions never get an answer. There is always a debate. The first question was, 
Well, it wasn't even a question. The first point was, it doesn't matter if it's replicated or not, because it has to be wood from a crucifix. <laughs> so you would have to replicate a crucifix and use the stake from that wood well, to, to attack the vampire. Okay, okay, okay. Hold, hold on a second. <laughs> now, is... I don't know vampire lore very well. So is... I know a crucifix is the cross. Yeah. But does it have to come from a crucifix that was actually used I think, and killed somebody? Or is it just the holy symbol? I No, I don't think it has to... I don't think somebody has to be crucified on it. I think it's the holy symbol. I think. Okay. And I think it depends on the interpretation of vampires. But I, I mean... Okay, so then they have, they'd have to replicate... Jesus. <laughs> two be No. <laughs> two pieces of wood. Yes. Create the image of yep. the, the the cross mm-hmm. and then have it blessed yes and then have it blessed yes and then and kill then the vampire destroy the symbol yes, yes. but it's been infused with yes. holiness then mm-hmm. it can kill a vampire correct i think that's right that sounds right yeah now once that question was put to bed the, the, the next question the next point was well technically stakes don't kill vampires they it, it stakes immobilize them you still have to chop the head off. They can still survive a stake to the heart. It just really, really slows them oh. down. And I'm like, you guys are dropping vampire knowledge. I, that I know don't know that either. Everyone mm. else is chiming in going like, yep, yep, no, that's true. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, people on Discord, for having these incredible conversations for us to recap. So so if, if that's the case, we go through the whole process. You create the stake the right way. Mm-hmm, you stab mm-hmm, it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't slow them down as much. So maybe it like makes a reg- like in a normal circumstances, it renders the vampire pretty much like a like a really slow moving creature. Weakened that you, state. Weakened state. Yeah. This one is it's not only does it have a chance of not working when it's slowed down, it's still probably pretty fast. Yeah. Ah, oof. It's getting tricky. This is why we're glad there's not vampires in space, apparently. it's Yeah, 100%. Needless to say, that that debate still continued, and we had questions asked like, would any sunlight affect the vampire, or does it have to be the Earth's sun? And the answer was like, maybe if it's just a similar type of sun, it would work. Maybe a red dwarf, not red dwarf, a Green dwarf. white dwarf wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't have the same effect. If a if a vampire was made holographic, would it just immediately blow up because it's made out of light? So would it be a contradiction in terms and just die? I love that. Vampires in Star Trek, asking the important questions. Okay, Ambassador, this week, the predictions are going to be interesting because the episode title of (gasps) Star Trek Lower Decks, season four, episode seven is... Popsicle McGee! Not this time. A few badgies more. (gasps) Badgies. Badgies. What if Badgie has teamed up with Peanut Hamper and they're both operating this ship? Yeah, okay, so Badgie, that's the oh, big one. Oh, oh, what if it's multiple ships? It's a fleet of ships. It's not, what if it's at least two, which is technically a fleet? I think so, yeah. So it's Badgie in one, it's Peanut Hamper in the other, and it's Moriarty in the third. Oh, I would love that. Oh my God, they're all, they're everywhere. It's the AI coming to kill us situation. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, Badgie's back. Badgie's back. Oddly this is specific. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh, oddly specific. Yeah. Um. Here's what I'm seeing in my imagination: mm-hmm, Badgie mm-hmm. staring at the camera, 
holding some kind of a pointy weapon. I'm thinking like knife-like that may or may not be dripping in blood. I'm seeing blood staring at the camera just like maniacally. I don't know if he's talking, laughing, saying something mm-hmm. specific. I'm not sure, but he's like coming Eye contact, at it. yeah, with mm-hmm. the camera. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay, sweet. Yeah, my, my, me, my big prediction is Badgie returns, obviously. Badgie is behind the alien ship and is pissed at Starfleet, is attacking everybody. A few Badgies more is a reference to a Western, a few dollars more. And there is an episode of Star Trek called A Fistful of Datas, which is a reference to A Fistful of Dollars, a Western episode. So I wonder if they're going to... And they were both hologram episodes as well. Mm, okay. So they're going back to the hologram. Mm-hmm. Badgie returns yeah. in the hologram, in the hollow suite. Mm-hmm. Where is Badgie? Badgie is often Badgie is in Rutherford's old eyepiece, That's floating right. in space. <gasps> oh no! Uh huh. Somebody found it. Yeah. So because mo- we saw it floating in that rubble. We did. We saw it floating in the rubble, and I think it met up with. <clears throat> I don't know who. Peanut I don't Hamper. think. It, no, <laughs> it did. I'm sure Peanut Hamper found it. So yeah, I think they've teamed up. I think together again. I think they're going to force the crew into a western hologram oh. where they have to fight Ooh. for their lives in a western pew, 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 shootout. Um, oddly specific, Boimler will get lassoed and scream. Okay, around his ankles. Around his ankles, hit the deck, scream. If he gets lassoed around his wrist, and you can't count it because I'm oh, the one that added ankles, you're going to be so mad at me. It's fine. I'll still count it. You usually do. Um, yeah, excited for this. The return of Badgie. Let's see what happens. We will see y'all in, in 10 forward. Y'all. Let's head to the holodeck too to be out. Welcome to 10 forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode. We just watched together. Most important question first. What is your thing of choice from the replicator? <laughs> Um, logic. Holy, you want to replicate <laughs> some so logic? Well, that's illogical. Uh-huh. I want to replicate just a nice little herb garden. That's what I would like. Just so I think if I put my energy into a herb garden, I'll be less of a dick to the people in my life. Mm-hmm. If I have a little therapy. Yeah, little little herb garden therapy. Um, Give us a synopsis. Well, in this episode, we find out that um some people can be... Um, what is the term? What is, what's the word? What's the word when when you go to prison and then incarcerated, rehabilitated? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Yeah, rehabilitated after incarceration, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not all. But then also, yes, all. But then maybe not all. Why is that important? Because jailbreak episode, but also not jailbreak episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> this episode covers a lot of things that you didn't know that you needed to know about, like. Can the shuttle handle <laughs> a grappling hook? Well, yes, it can. <laughs> can a, can can team members handle a grappling hook? I'm just thinking about like this episode finally answers some questions that have been happening all season, and I'm yeah, just talking yeah. about a grappling hook. Yes, I'm sorry, That's I made myself shit. laugh. I apologize. The Sequoia gets an upgrade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, another great question this one an- uh, answers: If you defy your captain's orders, do they let you just go out of any airlock? Yes, they do. We didn't know that before today. We did. Oh, <laughs> shit! Captain's orders don't mean dick as long as the outcome is good. Okay, that's what we learn. Uh, you might go on report for a week. For real, for real. In this episode, we find out that Badgie is the bad guy behind all of the attacks. Nope. Or maybe they're not actually attacks. 
we don't know exactly what's going on. What do you mean, no? Not behind anything. It's not his ship. He's on a totally different ship. Oh, yeah. He's on like a freighter, salvage vessel. Total red flag operation. Totally different. They dispelled everything this week. It's none of the AIs. I don't know why I didn't put that together. Maybe you should take the synopsis this week, Captain. (laughs) No, because I don't even know where Peanut Hamper is. In the intro to the show, I'm going to sound like such a dick and I'm not going to edit it out. Because I say, yeah, Peanut Hamper's in space and finds Rutherford's eyepiece with Badgie. No, Peanut Hamper actually got apprehended by Starfleet, sent back to rehab, and Badgie's thing is just floating in space with Rutherford's thing. Nothing to do with Peanut Hamper. They are not together. They're not together. Completely fucked that up. My bad. Sorry. I'll do better. Okay, okay, okay. Apologies. Carry on. So Badgie just happens to come across some space debris caused by this unknown entity that is piloting a ship that we thought was actually Peanut Hamper, but Peanut Hamper is not in there at all. Nope. Which we should have known. We should have known. Unless we didn't, unless we were assuming Peanut Hamper escaped and we just weren't told about it yet. But yeah, I totally forgot she was in rehab. (laughs) Well. Either way, in this episode, we do get to see Peanut Hamper. We do get to see Badgie. And the question of who is piloting the ship that I thought was answered wasn't actually answered, which means that we're still in for a great surprise. Sometime soon, hopefully. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. That's going to be the finale now. But are we missing the most important moment when a god is created in this episode? Now that happens every... That's now just become a joke with Lower Decks. Is it, it happens every season. Something or someone... Asc- it happens multiple times on TNG that people ascend to a further state of being or something like that. Or we find a species that has left remnants of technology um, before ascending. Like, it's just a... Sh- it's, it's stuff that happens. Let it be known, all D&D slash Star Trek lovers, if you're playing a game where you're in an RP, a Star Trek world, your god, your deity, for playing your whatever, you know, class creature that might need a god, whether it's like a paladin or a healer or something, can actually mm-hmm. pray now to Badgie. Just think about that. That's it. Like, that's their... I think the warlock thing would be great, that that's their chosen uh, patron... Like, the chaos behind... I mean, because that's just, like, chaotic evil, isn't it? It, but, And that's what he's wrestling with this episode, is why am I being evil? What does it matter? Hmm. <sighs> so, overall thoughts and feelings. What did you think about mm-hmm. the episode and the revelations therein? Um, I really just wanted Peanut Hamper to kill people. I mean, Badger to kill people. I mean, anybody yes, to kill people. Both. Agamus. And I thought about that a, a lot. As I was watching and I was like, oh, Badgie, you know, would like split into another version of himself or their self and not attack. And my first instinct is, oh, <laughs> and was it because my prediction well, was that down. there was going to be blood? Maybe. Maybe well, I was too I, invested uh-huh. in that. Maybe. So your oddly specific prediction was that Badgie would be staring into the camera which was a maniacal grin, multiple times. which happened more than once, but with a dagger. I was really seeing a weapon. In blood. I was seeing a yeah. bloodied weapon. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Um, we both had the general prediction that Badgie will team up with Peanut Hamper, and you said that they have a fleet of ships. However, I wrote down they have a fleet of sheeps. Um, <laughs> it would have been could have also been true. Could have also been happened. Um, but my my big prediction was that this would be a Western episode and we would lean into a few dollars more, kind of that kind of Western style. Didn't happen. No. 
mildly specific prediction was that Boimler, in that vein, would be lassoed by the ankles, which happened. Not really. Right at the end of the episode. No. He gets lassoed with the grappler to the wall by the ankles. You could, if that counts, then we should give me an extra half of a point because technically no. he was lassoed when he was bound at the wrists, which I that's said was That's not That's, that's, that's handcuffs. potentially pierced by a grappling hook. That is it not is, being lassoed. It is a long hook on the, like, hoopy thing on the end of a wire, mm-hmm. bit of string. Okay. It's a metal lasso. Okay, let's talk about this. From the future. You literally said, it's a hook. Loop. What? No, you said A loop hook. is a hook. No. A loop is a hook. It's that, no, a loop is a closed. Interchangeable. You are. In- interchangeable. Completely being dismissed as captain right now wow i i i know you're fucking with me and so i'm gonna just calm myself down a little bit but a hook and a lasso are not the same thing the chat disagrees i have so many people backing me up in the chat right now that 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 boimler got lassoed the fact that the chat who often rails you is supporting you right now says a lot I, I still can't give it to you, <laughs> but I think you should get 20, like a t- 0.25. 0.25 of yeah, a point? Yeah, a point. Nice. I can't wait until we add up all of these points. That's amazing. See, but I'm, gonna no, like... I'm getting support, and you know no, what? No, you no, know no, what? no, no, no. Those people, I'm getting support no, no, no. They as we do this people. show, and no, I appreciate no. that. <laughs> no. Hooks are very different. No, they're not. They are. They're so not. But functionally, they're the same um right my overall thoughts and feelings wow um really enjoyed this episode who boy did they do a lot and, and they did a lot that felt a little bit cheeky as well because they've, they've clearly deliberately been setting us up to think that peanut hamper badgie some combination of the ais that we've seen in the past are behind the attacks that we've seen because they dispelled that thought immediately all at once in this episode because badgie is unrelated to what's going on with Peanut Hamper and, and Agamus. That could have all happened. A plot, B plot could have been completely separate this week. So it feels like a deliberate choice to whack it all into one and then say, ha, dickheads, you thought this. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course we thought that. You wrote it that way. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like they were playing on our expectations more than deliberately setting up this trap that they it. knew they were going to unravel. I, I like it. I, I, I love It's a bit heavy handed, but... It's it felt a bit naughty, but <laughs> I did have a lot of fun with the episode. Do you know how many writers are like, yeah, did that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted it to feel dirty, and we wanted it to write something that you weren't expecting. And it's nice to be surprised, as much as it's like part of my intuition to try to guess things that I'm mm-hmm. watching. To be genuinely surprised, it's fun. It's okay to not guess it. And I thought that, I mean, it's a payoff for them for what they're doing. I thought the other part that was really, really clever in this episode was we start off with another attack that is entirely lacking in a language that we can understand or interpret. But because- Oh, love this. Yes. Because we have an established systematic way that they have introduced this attack in every episode where the attack has Mm. been there, we know the beats- it's so yes. wild to go, I know exactly what they're talking about right now because they've yes. done it in every other episode. And that was so, so well done. Very clever to yeah. do this one as one of the, the later ones. Um, well, I'll, I'll jump into that because these are the binars and we haven't seen the binars since season one of TNG. They are a 
fascinating species. Their planet is ruled by a supercomputer, <laughs> as, as is many planets apparently, um, and they are paired. And they speak exclu exclusively in binary. So the noise that's coming out of them is a really, really hyper-sped up binary code. And that's how oh. they communicate. And they work in pairs constantly, all the time. Like, oh, they curious. are born okay. as pairs. So one is a one and one is a zero. Oh, that's so cool. It's I love that. It's such a cool species. And there's a book, one of the Titan books, which follows Riker on the Titan, where I think it's in the first book, they have a pair of binars and one of them gets vaporized. So a big chunk of this person's story is fascinating because it's like, how do I function without a pair? Oh, but it's such a good species um, that I'd love to explore more. So yeah, it was nice to see them. Nice to see their ship. Uh, really, really interesting. Love the binars. Yeah, that was a really fun kind of kickoff to it. I, can't, I guess we could jump to the end of the episode because... It was this one where the flashing light that took over the ship, I was like, I wonder if they're not getting killed. I wonder if something different is happening here because... Oh, but what a what a bullshitty thing to do to show us the destruction and then they come across the mm -hmm. blown apart ship. We assume, it wasn't. I guess, that it's the blown apart ship, but then it wasn't. It was just them coming across some scrap. This is what I'm getting at. It feels a bit sneaky because there's a difference between being surprised and like, so sneaky. Oh, I can't believe that's what's happening. And having like so that big sneaky. twist to being pushed into a door and then being told you're in the wrong room. Like it, it, there is a fine line between that. Like this has been set up so much that what else were we going to think? Like there's not a shock here for me. It's like, oh, you just lied to me. Okay, fair enough. Well, it is it is interesting. I do wonder like if I went back to watch if I'm curious if there would be some hints on the screen that I would have missed. Maybe the rubble that they came across had something written on it that I wasn't sure of that we would be able to say, "Oh, that's not the 1010110 yeah, people." Because they yeah. are really clever like that, but it it is sneaky and that's fine. It's it makes it fun. It makes it not predictable, which is really really nice. It does mean that if we go back through every single episode mm. and we reframe it, then each of these ships had something that they were carrying that is being, or people that they're carrying, a, a weapon, the Genesis thing, like they're all being collected. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. That's really interesting. They had a plan from the beginning and I wonder if going back and watching it, there's going to be things I that hope so. yeah. we were not able yeah, to pick up so. on that would make it a very interesting mm -hmm. watch. So if there is anybody that's like, like if you were going to watch us with your dad, like you've said in the past where you really enjoy, you know, sitting with him and, and, and watching a season together, if this was something that you decided to watch, knowing that this twist was coming, there might be some hints that we would mm -hmm. then be able to like, like, you know, that's like this big beam of light. And we just, I think, assume destruction because I don't remember how many times we've seen the debris because I just don't yeah. remember. But today we saw debris, but it was the red herring for. Well, I am being prodded in the live the chat that, but that they're, they've left behind fake debris. But even then you could still you could still find an inconsistency in that debris because you've got to have exactly the same like hole markings. You've got to have the same materials like they could have found an anomaly in the debris that gave away that this wasn't the debris that they're expecting uh 
uh, chat says, camera says, always with the piece that showed the de designation or emblem of the species, yeah. they always kind of hover over okay. or on it, which is really, in and that's not something that I picked yeah. up on, so. So that's what we mean. On a um, second rewatch, you'll probably spot that stuff. It must be, yeah. Which is really, but it's really fun to think about it. Like, this is a planned, we're, we're walking mm. through a planned maze. We are the rats yeah. running the maze. Just and the writers are just watching I'm us just laughing as we walk into walls. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I still think the debris should have been investigated a little bit more, like plinkle plunkle that mystery in. But are you just frustrated that you didn't catch it? No, I'm not, because it felt I I would have been shocked if there wasn't a twist, because mm -hmm. it was being spoon fed to us a lot. Um, but I, I will say I am now super interested in who this is, because now we we genuinely right. have no idea, and I love that. I love that this isn't Peanut Hamper and the AIs. Like, it's I'm actually happy. It could be an AI. We don't it know. We didn't AI, see Moriarty. But I love that it isn't who we assumed it was going to be. That's way more interesting That's to me. And yeah, maybe I should have seen that coming. Should I be happy with where Peanut Hamper ends the story, mm. quote unquote, ends the story in this episode? So, well, how do you feel about so it? So, I walked past, me and Aaron watched this together. And as I came downstairs, I said, well, that was fun if um, self resolving. Like this, this episode just fixes itself. Badgie fixes themselves. Peanut Hamper fixes herself. Uh, Asmodeus fixes himself as well. Agamus. It's like our crew don't have to do too much. This all just kind of self resolves. That's true. I, I, I the Peanut Hamper like writing a fake speech and then being convinced by it is kind of cool, but it's also a bit of a cop out. A little bit? Yeah. It's a little bit weak. It's a little bit weak. But it Here's what I know. I love Peanut Hamper so much that I would have watched more episodes or like little mini episodes that they could maybe release on the internet somewhere of Peanut Hamper's journey of recovery. Mm -hmm. This episode says that they've been in counseling and they've been going through the steps, but we see Peanut Hamper struggling with the idea of overtaking and dominating a world while sh while making tomatoes, while growing tomatoes and such. Mm -hmm. Or, I'm sorry, tomatoes. Do you say it how you want? That's fine. Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And then we find out at the end didn't, you know, didn't backstab her counterpart necessarily, their counterpart, but dodged it decided to do something different unapologetically which is totally peanut hamper and i like that i like that they made a decision for themselves mm -hmm. that felt right and didn't need to go and join the domination part to prove what they were thinking mm -hmm. i really do i really Completely do like agree. some of the messages of being fully in ownership of your own choices and recognizing when you need to change something about yourself and then doing it without feeling like you owe someone mm -hmm. else an explanation. I actually really, really enjoyed totally that. Totally like, but, yep, totally agree. But I don't know why it was a quick jump for me. Uh, that's the problem. We missed a lot of steps to get there. And I don't trust that Peanut Hamper has fully resolved their desire to manipulate and dominate but maybe it's because I had so much fun that episode. <laughs> oh, right, with the birds? With the oh birds. That was so. That was genius. It's so clever. I want to rewatch so that again. It was so funny. It was so good. Um, yeah. I don't blame you at all for that because it feels unearned. Like, it can be true. 
part of her journey, like her entire journey may have led her to this point where it's been very, very gradual and finally writing this letter summarizing her rehabilitation tweaks something in her brain. The problem is we don't see step one of that. So it feels unearned to us because we haven't seen any of that journey. It's just being told to us. It's just like, hey, there you yeah. are. Done. And I think that's She's why better now. my instinct is, okay, I want to believe this because this is what the writers are telling me. But I also want to see evidence and there's just not the time to do it. This mm -hmm. peanut hamper is not the main character of this series. Peanut hamper is a uh, a villain that was created out of the exocomp series. And, it, you know, maybe what it kind of felt like is just them writing a wrong of make they want to make peanut hamper something that can be beloved instead of maybe like on the villainous side of things maybe, i don't know maybe but kevin at the end was the one that we saw right that's the one that data created was it data um i don't or know who, who that created they... the exocomp who made the I... exocomp no, no no it was so an alien species made the exocomps but what? data yeah data fought for their right to be treated as sentient beings so Designed they were working... by dr no Farallon. i remember this episode they were yeah. create data didn't create them data just Who's Dr. Farallon? She's an alien doctor. They were using them for this oh. big space mine. And Data oh, yeah, yeah, detected... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay, like, man, okay. they're making decisions that seem intelligent. And he fought for their right mm -hmm. to be yep. 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 intelligent. There. It's yeah. coming back. It's all coming back. What did she look like? Um, Kind of brown, but with more like metal bits and a couple more bloopy lights. But I don't think they were called Kevin. I don't think they got a name. <gasps> I don't think so. Well, where does Kevin come from? I don't know. It it could be the same exocomp that they just named later. Oh, I'm thinking of Kevin from She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yes, <laughs> yeah, another, I'm another of AI Kevin entirely. From yes, amazing. that's what I'm thinking of. We're crossing some streams. Yeah, we're crossing some streams. That's, that's okay. amazing. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of brilliant that they picked Kevin as a name then. I just assumed that they gave him the name Kevin. No, they. I, I, in the episode, they don't name any of the exocomps, which is so sad. It's so sad. Data should that should have been job number one for Data. I name you Kevin. I name you Barbara. I name you Malcolm. I know. <laughs> that was such a good episode. I really, it's, really enjoyed it. It's incredible when Riker just loses it with Data. He's like, "They have risked your their lives for you," and Data's like, "I know. I can't. I can't do it." Oh, so Riker's good. pissed, and he does not understand. Oh. <laughs> so good uh, yeah so good. okay sorry anyway no you're good you're good um so the idea is that peanut hamper has found themselves in a space where they're working happily on whatever mundane tasks that are set for them yeah they're uh, out sort of, doing yeah. stuff yeah but willingly is what we we expect yeah i i guess i i guess i just don't want that to be peanut hamper's like end and Agreed. and I, I don't know why. I'll have to wrestle with that one. Badgie's end is interesting for me too because we are still given a Badgie to play with that mm -hmm. kind of like has a little glitch moment at the end of the episode. <laughs> forcing And everyone's like, no, fuck that. I'm not being around this right? thing. Um, As if they I, think being elsewhere on the ship is going to help though. Like how, how, was, how were we seeing Badgie? Was it oh, sin. at the very end? Agreed. I don't know. Oh, Unless okay. there's hollow emitters throughout the ship, I, I don't know. Okay. Or in the shuttle bay. I don't know why there would be, though. Okay. Okay. 
I couldn't. I couldn't remember. Or maybe for sure. Badgie stored. In, uh, even if he. Even if Goodie. Sorry. Goodie. Which, by Goodgy. the way, genius. As soon as I said Goodie, I was like, "Why good? Bad? Good?" I just like my brain melted out my ears. I was like, "That's so clever." If that was planned from day <laughs> Goodgy one. Goodie is clever. Goodie. It is. Because Combadge. Bad. G. And then good G. Like, mm-hmm. what it's if great. they'd done this to a tricorder? It wouldn't have worked. Like, this only works if you do it with a com badge. I guess Just so. Fucking clever. But yes, um, I, I, I think maybe good G is stored in Rutherford's eyepiece and is being projected, but uh, they okay. don't make they don't make that clear in the episode. Well, um, whatever the case may be, good yeah. G is standing at the very end. So we're still getting our badge, and our beloved crew is terrified of good g and rightfully so mm-hmm. so i think they're leaving a door open for something interesting to potentially happen with this character to come in and have something to play with but the but the badgie that the the program evolved yeah uploaded itself to everywhere mm-hmm. recognized all data and all information access from all computer systems yeah i guess in the known area yeah anything that uses subspace had a self-revelation and then launched itself into space Mm -hmm. to form a new world which if they don't visit someday i'll be super upset Mm -hmm. and as the the skies opened up the koala is there once again another elevated being i mean maybe the assumption is that koalas found ascension I've never seen a koala in Star Trek. They all ascended. They are the superior life form on Have Earth. Have you ever seen a beetle? No. Maybe they ascended too? Rabbit? Yes. Hermit crab. I think. No. I mean, we could, we, this we could, could do ha- this, this all could day. be the rest yeah. of the show. This could be the rest of the show. Okay. I'll come up with a few more. Yeah. Ring-tailed lemur. Uh, no. Chameleon. Yes, actually. Okay. But it was called something else. It was like a Rigelian chameleon or some shit. Alexander finds an alien chameleon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I'm gonna think of one more. Mm-hmm. The platypus. To my knowledge, no. Okay. Well, then I think the assumption is that anything we haven't seen on television has ascended. <laughs> so there's whales left. <laughs> that's all that's left. Fucking whales. <laughs> Dolphins. And cats. Actually, the only cat that we've seen has been replicated, so maybe not. Dolphins? We haven't seen dolphins. Oh, no, we have seen dolphins. We have seen dolphins. Well, they've kind of started evolving. That's fascinating. We've seen horses, right? This is great. I can't wait to edit this down. <laughs> edit it down? We've seen horses. Ah, no, we've seen holographic horses. Everyone, everyone listening is having the best time thinking yeah. of animals. Yeah. Name an animal and see if it's in Star Trek. But not anymore. Oh, we we done good. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um. Blah, 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 blah. What have we got? So, Asmodeus or <laughs> Ag- Agamus? Have you seen the episode with Agamus? The I don't rectangular? Think so. No, I don't think so. So yeah, that's that's an AI that Boimler found and was a dumbass and hooked up to a computer and started being evil. They outsmarted it, I think, with a logic puzzle. I can't remember. Um, and then they got put in prison. So how did you feel about that subplot of they kind of know it's a trap all along. They know it's really, really suspicious. They let themselves get trapped so that they can get to the information. Was there at any point where you thought, 
um, Azimuth was in control? Or were you kind of on it all along and knew that Boimler and Tendi were just playing a game? Um, they very quickly show Tendi, you know, super happy with her sandcastle yeah. and Boimler just begrudgingly going along and relaxed. And so at that point, I let that whole thing go. But did it yeah. work for me? I don't know. I think it was, it's the thing that Lower Decks does that I know people really enjoy, which is a mm. dig at the deeper problems of the Star Trek kind of like showing us issues that it creates and never really mm -hmm. addresses, like the destruction of an entire civilization that they oh don't even like go back and attempt to fix or whatever. I think Boimler says, I think this will take longer than an hour. So the assumption is that there's this confidence that Starfleet is somehow yeah. able to go back in mm -hmm. and, and fix problems. But I don't have any confidence that like, that would have been something that would have been allowed. It's, to me, it would be Boimler and we have two officers that are missing along with a, a fugitive and they're being tracked. There should have been other entities involved, whether it was Starfleet or something else. And then there's this entire planet that's been taken over a civilization that's been you know attempted to be taken over at least this one city <laughs> fell pretty quickly yeah and so can starfleet come in and fix that that can they bring people back from the dead that like, I, it just that, that yeah. was a little I mean, bit much for me definitely in my sins because when i realized that i was relieved that they were all in on it and that boimler was letting azimuth dano agamus um argus take the lead and take control so that he could get the info that he needs so i was like oh okay good they're not as stupid that there's an extra layer there until they got to the planet where he's taking control and i'm like people died i'm sure people died how were they sure they can fix the infrastructure like you said but there is a big consequence to letting this plan go this way it's like we're going to trade information about this attack that's happening for the downfall of, of an of an entire civilization and i and and apparently there isn't like that's not called into question or corrected by anyone in authority by the end of the episode like right. it would have been really interesting to see boimler going for a debrief with the captain yeah. to explain, explain exactly it. how you got this info and but i also feel like that's a, a thing that star trek is the writers are trying to say about star trek like we're willing to collapse entire civilizations for a story and then just never think about them again. And I, I feel yeah. like that's the point of mm -hmm. what they were saying. Yeah, um, it may well be. That kind of casualness of, yeah, we're just going to let these guys all fall down because they're not, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a hard, that was a harder one. I'm like, like we're really doing this. But then again, we've seen that they attach children to computer batteries and just let them live out the rest of their life in, in misery. Mm -hmm. And so this franchise is willing to do some pretty extreme things for the telling of a story. And they show us these worlds and these civilizations and these alien planets and these AI creatures. And they just give us a glimpse into the, what life could be like uh, traveling through the stars and trying to make sense of it all. And I, I love that more than I, than I want to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, correct. I get it yeah. completely. Because I mean, the, what kind of, put it over the edge for me was that we've seen those probes before in an episode called the arsenal of freedom it's a tng episode and these probes get smarter and smarter so when they get destroyed they're replaced with a smarter version of themselves 
and they don't give a shit they are shoot to kill like okay you can reprogram them but i don't believe that um amadeus is going to be reprogramming the probes i i am certain that these probes are killing people <laughs> yeah bit weird bit weird and then couple that with like you've got the classic uh rutherford wants to go and save the day captain says no rutherford leaves the bridge and jumps out an airlock <laughs> like just fuck the captain like d- because everything turned out okay but it would have been nice to see Rutherford get reprimanded for that. You disobeyed a direct order and jumped off the ship. Mariner, you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking you know best instead of following the chain of command because they're the main characters. It does It does work, though, right? Like, it does work. It, it does work. He gets to go that over does, and, and hug don't just the means. And Badgie's yeah. like, I just needed to feel love. <laughs> yeah, I just needed it. Mm-hmm. And then Goji comes out um yeah so resolutions i think overall i don't know if we actually got to feelings about it were you happy overall with the self-revelationness of this episode and happy to move on to what's next how are you feeling at the end of it Mm. there was so much happening in this episode uh with characters that i'm curious about you know badgie is just such a formidable presence there's so much chaos there and to watch that character be restrained enough not to murder people was confusing to me and then you Mm -hmm. have peanut hamper who is my spirit animal of pure chaos um and to, to see to see that not really evolve but rather we're seeing the assumptively the resolution of that storyline and and peanut hamper finding some sense of peace with their purpose i i was i was oddly unsatisfied with that uh, as well yeah Th- this this one felt like we're gonna do whatever we want to do in this episode we're gonna split this character into multiple characters and you know our our trio is gonna do things with no no one getting upset with them it's it felt like this is the get out of jail free episode yeah um, it, it feels like it doesn't i it? do love yeah. seeing the the characters and hearing the voice actors come back but i really didn't feel like much more happened in this episode other than the definitive peanut hamper and badgie are not involved and and i think i ha- feels like what they dedicated 25 minutes to wasn't it yeah and i i kind of love it because in mm-hmm. in television you really do come to expect that the few episodes that were given have to all be these really momentous deeply juicy highly detailed things and in this case this i think was just supposed to be a fun one and i did have fun watching Mm -hmm. these characters and i don't want to overthink it too much i really did like Mm -hmm. it but it is it is on the low end of my like it may be my least favorite episode so far yeah because i'm not sure what it did for us other than in the last 10 seconds tell us that the ships are Mm -hmm. being taken and not destroyed well, it almost had too much glorious purpose didn't it it was tying up badgy combadge um agamus and also dispelling the what is season four about myth so it's doing so so much and still has like the whimsy and still like executes that well and still has like mariner doing what mariner does and there's still lots of fun moments but it's it's a lot a lot a lot a lot i think this would have been for me smarter to and this is also subjective, but split it into two. So have the combadgy resolution stuff in a different episode 
to Peanut Hamper. Like Peanut Hamper and Asm, uh, I'm definitely getting Asmodeus. his name wrong. I, Asmodeus is Alan's um, story. Archer. Having those times to Archer. Did you do that on purpose? Because of Captain Archer? No. Oh, Who's amazing. Captain Archer? Captain Archer's from Enterprise. <laughs> it's brilliant. Okay, so <laughs> Peanut Hamper and Archer, their their things are tied together. So I would have I would have separated these into different episodes so it didn't feel so heavy handed that ha ha surprise dickheads it's not what you think because then gradually we're like well it's not Peanut Hamper so it must be Badgy <gasps> it's not Badgy so now it's whereas instead we've had that all in one yeah I, and I wonder if the writing circle was something like let's just put all the AI in one episode and see what happens and then it's yeah. okay it's not it's definitely not terrible and it wasn't mm-hmm. angering it wasn't it no, wasn't no, super no, no. angering because I don't think that there's anything happening that isn't is is so out of character for Star Trek or Correct. this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like they're still mm-hmm. playing in their sandbox really, really well. Yeah, I, I'm there. It's just not how I think I pictured the execution was going. But yeah, I'm totally with you. Still had a good fun. Before we still move on, I really enjoy yes. some of the things that the chat has mentioned. And one said, did you notice that Peanut Hamper returned to the same base from a quality of life? Oh, really? So That's nice. It, I wouldn't have noticed that, but thank you for saying good it. Job. And I'm sure I listeners are also like going, That's yeah, I noticed fun. that too. So appreciate you guys yeah. putting fun stuff like that out. We usually cover that at our live show at the very, very end. But I want to start yeah. sprinkling in some of your guys' great, great stuff. Heck yeah. Love it. Um, there's just a couple of things I wanted to mention, which was just some great writing. Stringy meat pipe. <laughs> Bring me the stringy ensign meat pipe. And Poem was just like, hey, I'm a Lieutenant Junior Grade now. But yeah, that's the thing you take issue with. Um, and I always love a reference to Enterprise. And the grappler is a, I think we've mentioned this before. Yeah, it's a, that it's right. a reference to Enterprise. Yeah. Instead of a tractor beam, they literally had a claw on a pipe. <laughs> I... And I'm just like, just give them nothing. Just just don't give them anything. Yeah. And there's some redemption for the grappler. Um, Boimler and Mariner endorsing it. Um, and I think, I just, oh, I love that we can't take many more boops. Oh, I love that too. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. The ship cannot take any more boops. Yeah. I'm a boop your friends to death. Yeah, that was just really adorable. cute. Just adorableness. Anything else before we get into some sins? Nope. Cool, let's do it. Battle stations, everyone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. (laughs) So you go first, Ambassador. Okay, uh, my first sin is the... uh, Oh, it was when Peanut Hamper and... Archer? What did um, you say his name was? Uh, uh, Andrew. No, I Andrew. don't know. Ag- Agatha. Agatha. Um, we're talking about their plans mm. while they were working in the tomatoes. And I was just thinking, like, this is recorded, right? There's oh, people around Number who are thing. monitoring these. There should be. Yeah. The murder bots. And they're plotting so loudly. So loudly. 
so I I just thought that that was an easy quick sin, but I really didn't have a lot of other sins no. on this one. So I'm going to be pulling from the chat again today. But maybe they did because Boimler and Tendi did know that they were being led astray. So maybe mm. they were being listened to. So mm -hmm. my sin would be why doesn't why doesn't Elspeth? I'm <laughs> just going too far. Why doesn't Agabus know <laughs> that they're being listened to? Like. They shouldn't be so stupid. Um, so my next one is, why are they sending the Cerritos to this super important mission? Like, I don't care if you're the closest ship, fine. It's still some bullshit that you're the closest ship. It's the Enterprise is the only ship in range cliche. Um, yep. So I, it's always yep. going to get us in. No matter how you acknowledge it, explain it, it's nonsense. It's only because it's the TV show we're watching. That's exactly right. Um, another one of my sins that I have personally, before I go to the chat, I think that's the last one that I had written down is that, uh, when Badgie is killing everybody with the gas released mm, uh, through the, the ne ship. Neur or whatever it was. Which I, why is that being stored on the ship anyway? Is there another question just adjacent to this? But oh, that's a good point. I guess it's if you have, I guess you should just use non-lethal gas, shouldn't you? I mean, if, it, if that's a potential possibility, I don't yeah. know why you'd be like... That's you know, we have this super safe gas, but then we have this one that'll kill us. So yeah. that's a little more exciting. Let's pull that one on the board, Let's but I'm, it. maybe it's for something else. Maybe, maybe it's, I don't know. Anyway, um, my sin is that in that moment, it cuts over and Badgie has them up on screen. How, oh, I guess he has control of their ship so he can put them on screen whenever he wants. Yeah, he, he has uh, complete access. Yeah. I have unsinned my own sin. It's Can't, hard. Oh, I mean, I'm sinning the gas. <laughs> yeah, it's in the gas. That actually I'm was a good gas. sin. Yeah, yeah sinning yeah, Star yeah. Trek gas. Yeah. Why is that a thing? I get like trying to, you can use it to apprehend people that have taken over the ship, but I don't know why you'd want to kill them. Unless maybe different gases affect different aliens differently. So maybe to some aliens that does, own, that does work as a knock you out gas. Chat points out that the replicators maybe made it. You know what? He he runs this. He runs. He's a he's yeah. But then it's right before his evolution into God. So into you know the, maybe he can do whatever. He yeah, that's tricky. Mm -hmm. It is tricky. Um, my one was um, I can't believe that Badgie is able to kill everyone on every ship at every point in the galaxy in the Alpha Quadrant. I I get it. You're an AI, but where is Starfleet protocol for this? Like and Vulcans and Klingons and Romulans and. We're talking about every ship in the Alpha Quadrant. Thousands, if not tens of so, thousands, so if not millions of ships. Yeah. Just insane that none of them have a way to defend against this. Yeah, we're fucked. We are, if this happens. We are legit. Here's a sin from the chat from Flyboy. Mr. Hamper's first name should have been Walnut. I agree. Correct. Yeah. Fair. It's fair. Um, I, I don't have any more sins. Like, we talked about a lot of the kind of sinny plot stuff in the main show and what didn't quite work. So I'm I'm pretty much spent for silly sins. So anything else before we wrap up? The sin uh, that, we, that we have been requested during our uh, sinning section to decide if, uh, if this would be a sin or a sin off. So this is kind of fun. Is mm. the red light, blue light trope sinful? Is it uh, a sin or is it warrant a sin off? I loved the red light, blue. I giggled when he was like, mm -hmm. but here's what, here's what, like, yeah. really struggling. Yeah, that's what made it was the voice actor going like grunting, like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was a lot of effort. really attempting to just switch the color, but it is such a great thing. And they hit on it quite a lot that good computers are blue bad computers are mm -hmm. red and i really loved that i think i'd make it i think i'd make it a sin off 
What would you do? Yeah, I think it's worthy of a sin-off, but depending on how many... It's the sort of thing that you have to acknowledge one way or the other, I, I feel like. so. We didn't talk about it during the main part of the show. That no, was a really fun part. Yeah. It's really, really fun. And it is this stereotype of, especially like how 9000 or whatever it is, it has that big red light. The Terminator has the red light. The Borg have the red thing that comes out. Like, would they be less intimidating if they were blue? Yes, they probably mm-hmm. would. Mm-hmm. So I would acknowledge it, but maybe we'll, we would like do a silly sin, like assuming blue is a good character. Ass- assuming blue is the color of good when we've all met Smurfs or something like that. Like the, the color could have been anything. <laughs> Don't assume that blue is good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I yeah. agree. It's a sin. We would turn it into a it's sin. It's a sin. Uh, um, and just, you know, in case you guys didn't know, we try to turn everything into a sin. We, we do try. our very best. That's why it can be a bit frustrating. It's like, hey, that was a good thing. Yeah, still a sin. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We have some answers. We have some questions. Looking forward to next week's episode. We only have three episodes left. Eight, nine, and ten. And then Captain's Pod is done forever. Ever and ever. Nope. I've written season four of Picard. I've acted it out <laughs> with sock puppets. And we're going to be sinning every single episode of season four of Picard, which is 27 episodes long. You've got us for a time to come. Speaking of which, the outtakes are super extra fun this week. We talk about holographic um, or not vampires and how you would best dispatch them on a starship and we have the return of trick or triction subtitled choose your course where we try an updated version of trick or triction for danae and it was rather fun would you agree ambassador mm-hmm. i would i would agree but until next week i'm captain ian and i have to go taste some wet sustenance <laughs> and i'm danae and i'm not good at the domination stuff <laughs> Live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Let's see if I can fuck up this audio today. It's a new day, why not, you know? Why not give it the old heave-ho? Gather again! It's badgie time! Captain's Pod, Stardate 8191 23.1. Welcome aboard the wrong Stardate. 8191 yeah. something. No, point I knew one. there was something not right. 8191 something <clears throat> point one. We got some ones. There's so many ones. We've got a one one date one one dot one one. Don't make me redub you <laughs> again. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Oh, I didn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. That song is terrible. It's a terrible song. It's a horrible song. I I hate I hate that terrible songs can get stuck in your head well, for it's so the long. Catchy, the, both things can be true. It can have a catchy tune and have a terrible message. Yeah. For so long. Yeah, forever. Can I read to you from this book, as we were saying, by C.D. Warner? Yes. This book was written in 18... 1901. Nice. Okay. Turn of the century. Yeah. Many people suppose that it is the easiest thing in the world to dine if you can get plenty to eat. This error is the foundation of much social misery. (laughs) The world that never dines and fancies it has a grievance justifying anarchy on that account does not know how much misery it escapes. 
From time to time, geniuses have appeared who knew how to compose a dinner. Indeed, the art of doing it can be learned, as well as the art of cooking and serving it. It is often possible, also under extraordinarily favorable conditions, to select a company congenial and varied and harmonious enough to dine together successfully. <laughs> That's the definition of first world problems, isn't it? Now that you have isn't the it? food, the problem is presenting it acceptably. I'll read, I'll read you the chapters and then we can we can get on with our, with our day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rose and Chrysanthemum, The Red Bonnet, The Loss in Civilization, Social Screaming, Does Refinement Kill Individuality? This took such a deep turn. It was like flowers and then the death of civilization. The, the Directoire Gown, The Mystery of the Sex, The Clothes of Fiction, The Broad A, Chewing Gum, <laughs> <laughs> in order of priority okay are you ready for mm-hmm. trick or triction part two? <gasps> oh my gosh okay so last week on the live show i had an idea are uh-huh. we doing my idea yeah this one we put it in the outtakes so it's at the end of the outtakes last week okay. um we're gonna do trick or triction choose your course okay i'm ready i've got three scenarios and then for each one it's two options and you one of them is correct one of them i've made up and I'm going to tell you immediately because that's going to change the course of the episode. Okay. The episode title is Rascals. That, that's true. The premise. Roe, Roe Laren, Picard, Guinan, and Keiko. So Keiko is O'Brien's wife. Roe Laren is the one with the bob that we saw die in season three of Picard, the security. She was the head of Starfleet security and she died in that shuttle. They are all reduced to 14 years of age in a transporter accident with a, with a plant. That's the, yeah, that's that's the premise. That, that's 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 great. I love this. Okay, that happens. They mm-hmm. return. They get beamed onto the the shuttle. Is like going through a nebula. It's about to explode. They get beamed back to the Enterprise as fourteen year olds. Okay. What happens next? A. They go about their duties as normal. Keiko returns to her quarters with O'Brien. Carries on being wife. He's now wife of a fourteen year old. They carry on as normal. Uh, oh jeez. Picard still captains the Enterprise as captain and um yeah they just go about their duties as regular b everyone is relieved of duty isolated in sick bay and between themselves have to work through the trauma of being a teen preteen again with beverly as caretaker it's absolutely a because i don't think there's any way in heck that they would hire a whole bunch of children actors and then have like a little daycare scenario we, the viewer, want to see children in really uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. although going to be someone's wife does seem a little bit stretched, but, you know, I, 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 think, I think it's absolutely A. Yeah, it's A. You are correct. Yeah. Number two. This is the bit that's true. Gasp! The Ferengi attack the Enterprise, completely unaware. What happens next? A. The Ferengi manage to capture the Enterprise and the entire crew except for the kids who are now all forced into the daycare with the rest of the kids on the Enterprise. Now Picard and company have to recruit all of the Enterprise's children, Fuck yeah. train them, and that's recapture it. the ship. Yes, that's it. B. Uh-huh. Riker manages to outmaneuver the Ferengi, but only by hiding the entire crew in the transporter buffer and making nah. it seem like the Enterprise is abandoned. Nope. When Geordie brings them back out of the transporter, the entire crew are children now. So you've got Baby Riker, oh. Baby Worf, baby, <sighs> and it's Geordie is the only remaining oh adult. Oh my god, Baby Worf. 
and Geordie has to r- rustle Shit. everyone up. That's why I completed it. I waited until the oh end. Oh my god. I'm thinking like such from a budget perspective. Oh, yeah. Use whatever logic you want. Oh, these are both really fun ideas. The entire crew, the entire like main crew as kids. Yeah. Or Picard and Guinan and Roe wrangling children. I think I think it's the first one because hiding everybody in the pattern buffer and them coming out, it, like you said that they became children because there was a an issue. As a transporter accident with a plant that was being carried by the away team. So when they beamed back onto so the I'm ship. So I'm guessing that they don't make that same mistake. So I'm going to say A is correct. Good logic. Yeah, it's correct. This is where I wish it had gone a little bit. Baby Wolf. Oh, it was so fun. Baby Riker. Uh-huh. Um, Data Just as a toaster. Slaying. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, what actually happens is that somehow the Ferengi managed to outwit the entire crew. Except for the children. Nope, the children are put in the daycare because they're just like, you kids stay here. You're not a problem. Stay here. So um, Picard has to, yeah, Picard and Ro are like wrangling the children and training them and drafting them as officers to, to help them retake the ship. The resolution of the episode. How does it all get worked out? A, Picard and crew managed to home alone their way to the bridge by setting up a series of booby traps and trapping the Ferengi one at a time in the transporter room by playing a game of tag with com badges. So they'll tap them with a com badge, they get beamed into the transporter room, eventually all of the Ferengi are trapped in the transporter room. B. It turns out that the Ferengi are severely allergic to a pheromone that human teenagers give off, and it makes them all violently ill. They eventually beg Riker for help and to beam them off the ship. So the crew has been taken to the Ferengi ship? No, the crew... The, the Enterprise crew are just locked down. Oh, okay. The so kids the are locked in the have school. taken over the ship, but yeah. they're in daycare. Mm-hmm. Kids are in daycare. Yeah. So why, why would they be worried about getting sick? It's A. Because the kids are trying to work their way back to the bridge. Oh, so while they're working their way back to the bridge. Yeah. So the kids escape mm-hmm. and make the adults ill, yep. and they have to figure out how to get help. Because they can't get close to the children. Yeah. In scenario A, they manage to home alone the Ferengi into the transporter room. In scenario B, they attempt to make their way to the bridge, but the Ferengi adults get really, really sick and it makes all of the planning moot. A. It is A. Absolutely A. You got yeah, it right. yeah, yeah. Dang it, I need to work on my fiction. Yeah, that's really fun because the idea that they're just like you know, playing tag and like slamming oh, them with the device. That's got to, that, that must be really fun to watch. I mean, it would be fun to watch either of them, but yeah. But it's, I just think the dark bit of that episode is recruiting the children on this mission. Like Alexandra is nine and he's facing off against like some Ferengi. It's, hey man, when you have a baby uh, in space and you're on a warship, that's you just part it. of it. You got three out of three. Yeah, I think I had to logic my way through that pretty well. A little well. bit more. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like having to weigh up the two options. So I'm going to make it a little bit harder next week then, because I think I made my fictions a bit too outrageous. <laughs> Nicely done, Ambassador. Thank you, thank well you. done. Uh, thanks for playing, everybody. If you got it wrong in your head, that's totally fine. Oh, Just... yeah, that makes me feel better. And if you have, do you want to have the audience send in some A-B suggestions? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. The less work I have to do, the better. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to create a, a scenario, what you want to do is um, send in the episode title of what you're doing 
with three key plot moments that go a different direction. Exactly. So yeah. that because Ian could say it's either this, which is the truth or this, which is not true. Now, the mm-hmm. other thing, too, is I have a 50 50 shot no matter what of getting it. You do. Right. I might I might change it to three options. I was just a bit pushed for time this week. But let's see. Let's see what happens. Do you know what your next one's going to be? Um, yeah, the next one is actually going to be justice. Okay, so now you know that the next one's going to be justice. So mm-hmm. you know the basic premise of the show. If you want to try to stump me, send in a brief uh, alternate option to the truth to captainspod at cinemasins.com as the email. We love it, especially when our predictions are absolutely spot on, like one of us. Holy shit. There was no knife and blood. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, no, no, no. I meant mine, but we'll get to that. You, there was no lasso of the wrists. Oh, my God. I said I said that. ankle. I said it. But then I said, what if it's just the wrists? I said but, that. Uh-huh. Oh, my but God. But he gets done by the ankle. I know, but still. That's what I said. He gets lassoed by the ankle. But he, was also, but he wasn't lassoed. He was at the end by the grappler. <gasps> okay, that doesn't count. That doesn't fucking no, count. We'll get to that in count. the show. No, it doesn't fucking wow. count. Wow. 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 Have we had the Spock helmet yet? What's that? I don't know what that means. Oh, my goodness. That's from the animated show. Um, Spock has like a, a helmet with a siren on top. I haven't actually seen the episode, but I've seen the picture. In- it's... Interesting. Yeah, I'll see if Very I can find interesting. it. Interesting. So, so I was wrong. For some reason, I have this image of an animated Spock wearing the helmet, but it never appeared in an episode. This is a toy. Ah, um, but why? And the story, I the story behind it, um, da, 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 it features include a flashing light emitter, a pulsing sonic sound, a strap-on chin strap, telescopic antennas, and a visor. Uh, it doesn't seem to correspond to anything. Are you freaking kidding me? It just says Spock on the front? It literally just says Spock on the front. Oh um, my god. This is like whenever you give your child that like little backpack that lets you be tethered to your kid. Yes, like, exactly. They're, they're yeah. on a leash. Like If I put that on Iris, I could find her in any crowd. Maybe that's what it's for. I mean, that's what you need. That makes sense for kids. I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess this is the nerd version of that. Just like, there's my kid. It's the one with the flashing light on. That dick. What does it have to do with Spock? Nothing whatsoever. According to the Star Trek.com article I mentioned before, the helmet came with multiple stickers. So the Ooh. kid on the front, so the kid could personalize them. The kid on the front obviously just had the Spock one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, a space fun helmet was a type of headgear that was kept as something of collectible value during the late 24th century. Ensign Beckett Beckett Mariner had stashed a space fun helmet on the USS Cerritos along with many other contraband items. When the ship was being boarded by the Pecklids in 2380, she armed the crew with her contraband. Yes. (laughs) With Lieutenant Commander Andy Billups picking up the space fun helmet. From what I can see, um, it is literally... A marketing thing. Ah, oh, that's amazing. It has nothing. They didn't try to it's explain anything. It was just here's a helmet. It's got some gadgets on it. Oh my Star god! Star Trek, officially licensed. That's incredible. Just incredible. Like what a imagine the the room that decided on that. Like here's our next Star Trek project. All of the ships you could make. All of the costumes. We're going to invent something out of whole cloth that's just a fucking siren. With a name on the front, and you can have Kirk as well. Holy shit! There's one on. There's one for sale. Yeah, expensive. I Do bet. you want to guess how much it is? Two thousand dollars. Way less than that. Okay, two hundred dollars. 
more than that. Uh, $1,000. 500. That's reasonable. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Oh my God. This is insane. That's wild. I kind of want it. I kind of want it. It's a big convention know, thing. You just like wear your own clothes and put a helmet on. There's your cosplay. So here's here's the one that I'm finding on the Eve Bay. That's you, that's amazing. There's Scotty, McCoy, and then just numbers. You could just have like numbers. <laughs> so it's it's still like everything in the box. Here's the oh photos. Oh my goodness. So got the paper about it. Look at that huge like what is the purpose in Starfleet for this thing? These these rods are killing me. Crew, property of USS yeah, Enterprise. Antenna. Return to ward room. The ward room? That's oddly That's what specific. What's the ward room? The ward room isn't that like the briefing room? That's like where you I do like know. your war plans and stuff. <laughs> Nick says if the red shirts had one of these each, they would have all survived. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This is what they were missing. This is why you come to Captain's Pod. You find out the origin of Spock's helmet. You start off with Ian's bullshit memory and then the actual fact <laughs> of the matter. Uh, questions from the chat. Back to you guys. Here's one from earlier today. Ian, do you have a favorite type of tea? My favorite type of tea is just a good old cup of tea. Uh, I like the brand PG Tips and uh, it is tea bag. And then a little bit of milk, right? A couple of table, um, couple of teaspoons, and then hot water and two sugars. That's my favorite tea. Although I do like iced tea. I do not like the herbal shit that people call tea. No, he does not. I still think Danae should voice Peanut Hamper. She would nail it. Right. But Peanut Hamper already has Aww. someone voicing them. Okay, as peanut, Babs. Pe peanut Hamper's sister, who actually is evil, like irredeemably evil and chaotic. Yeah, for sure. I'm okay with oh, that. Oh, my programming made me do it. <laughs> How about it's Ian doing his impression of Danae doing an impression of Babs? Oh, as, goodness. Yeah, it. okay. That'll yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. Oh. Here's one from the chat. Also, hi, Rima. Did we talk about Prodigy getting picked up by Netflix last week? No, we didn't. No, I completely didn't. forgot to mention that. So, word on Netflix for picking up Prodigy Season 2. So, they're going to re-air prodigy season one this year which is excellent because that means more people will watch that gloriousness and then we'll get season two next year so we have another 10 episodes of prodigy coming which is outstanding news or is it 20 episodes it might be 20 but they're like 20 minutes long uh less i think they're like 15 minute episodes but yeah really 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 cool well done netflix flip it reverse it switch it switch it and reverse it what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. 